sa Alabao. It's the What's It All About show with your host, Al Roberts. Let's get ready to rumble! How's everyone doing? Welcome to What's It All About MMA Show with me, Al Roberts. Hope you're keeping well. Um, yeah, big shout out to Timmy's Bar and Kitchen as always. They are back up and running, I believe. So if you're in that Carlisle area of the UK, please go check them out. But otherwise, yeah, how's everyone doing? Um, been, a, been a bit of a mad week, to be honest, for me. But had a great weekend, I'm not going to lie. Actually got a weekend off for once, so... Uh, yeah, got a chance to see some friends and family yesterday and yeah, have a few drinks and that. So I, I, man, I've had an absolutely great weekend, I'm not going to lie. And I've ate my body weight in KFC and other crap today. So yeah, it's been a good weekend. Um, also this weekend, it was awesome due to the fact of last night's fight night. Got to watch that today, which was mint. So yeah, going on with today's show though. Uh, we got last night's UFC fight night to talk about, which was headlined by uh, Jerry, Jerry Prohaska and Dominic Reyes, which was a, a banger of a fight, to say the least. I'm going to talk about, is Kamaru Usman dodging Colby Covid? And we'll go into more detail of that in a bit. And I'm going to talk about the 205 division in the UFC. Um, just have a little insight on that, give my take on how that's looking at the minute. And I'm also going to give it my take on this Diego Sanchez being cut by the UFC situation. Um, got nothing nice to say about it, but I'd just like to give my little piece on it. <clears throat> but yeah, I've got, I'm going to lie, I've got my coffee ready, my vapes filled up, and I'm going to go and talk about last night's UFC. Um, great little fight night. Some absolutely, some proper awesome little fights, man. Like, I, I really enjoyed last night's card. There's some real standout performances, and there was also some fucking wars, like some right little wars. Um, I enjoyed it, really did. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna start with the main, the main event, man. Like uh, Dominic Reyes fighting uh, Jiri Prohaska, Prohaska, I should say, sorry, Prohaska. Um, I've, I'm not gonna lie, I've fucking struggled pronouncing that name for weeks now, but apparently it is Prohaska. So, yeah, uh, Reyes versus Prohaska. Prohaska getting one of the nicest knockouts of the year. Um, Through a right elbow miss, comes spinning with the back left elbow and knocks out Dominic Reyes in the second round. What a scrap, man. Like, both lads were absolutely going for it. It was a great fight. Tough one for Dominic Reyes with him coming off his knockout loss to Jan Blachowicz for the title. And Jiri is just... Jiri has thoroughly impressed me in his first two UFC uh, 10 years, um, fuck, his knockout of, um, Volkan Ozdemir was amazing, I honestly thought it was one of the best knockouts 
uh, over the last year or so. And him coming in and just to take out someone like Dominic Reyes the way he did. Yeah, man. I, I'll be honest now. Like, I, uh, Drew, Drew Prokaska, 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 whichever one it is, he, I'm excited for this guy, man. Like, um, I really enjoy watching him fight. He's blown me away with just two performances in the UFC. Um, shout out to uh, Jim Steele. Um, I was talking to him on Facebook today about it. Bang on. This guy's Johnny Walker, but good. Like, that is just an absolutely amazing, amazing um, description of this guy. But he's got such a crazy unorthodox style, low hands, wide stance, bounces about in and out, and has serious power, man. Like, he he, he smashed Reyes up in that first and second round. But at the same time, he came flying in and Reyes was hitting him with that that straight left, that left hand, man. That left hand's a cannon, and he didn't he put Jiri on his back foot a few times, but... Just didn't quite do enough, but also Jiri has an absolute iron jaw because he took some clean left left shots and didn't really phase him that much. But yeah, man, like I'm I'm very excited to see what this guy does. Uh, I actually, uh, excuse me, I actually uh, last week sat down and watched like a handful of his fights and like the likes of Rising and other organizations, and um, he definitely flew under my radar. Um, first time I seen him, I, I did see him knock out CB Dolloway in Rising former UFC fighter, and thought, yeah, the guy looks good, but watching him dismantle two of the top two or five fighters in his first two fights, pretty amazing, I'm not going to lie, that's pretty fucking, it's a hell of a statement to come in, come into that division and take out two of the two, easy two of the top guys in that division, and make it look damn easy when he did it, um, I really like the guy's personality as well, man, I've seen a couple of clips from the post-fight presser from last night, and he's just such a crazy character man with that like crazy like samurai ponytail he's rocking at the minute it's amazing so yeah i'm really excited to see him fight fight again he might he, yeah he's definitely dived into my little favorites book at the minute so it's good to see really good to see but shame for dominic reyes man i, I really like dominic reyes i think he's a, he's a he's a unit i really do i think he's a real weapon at 205 but it's a tough one man that's two knockouts on the belt against two two of the don't get me wrong, two of the good guys in that division, but compared to how he looked against Jones, where he, in my opinion he beat John Jones in the, in their title fight, um, but then to come back and get a shot at the title and get knocked out, but then get thrown against this young, like not even young, but this new new up and comer in the UFC and get knocked out there, it's it's a tough it's a tough pill for um, Reyes and the Reyes fans, like to say the least. But yeah, man, very excited though. Very excited to see uh, Prohaska fight again. Definitely on that. Definitely on that hype train. <laughs> uh, we got a co-main event. Uh, Giga Chikaze. Uh, real, real momentum behind this guy. He took out Cub Swanson in the first round with an absolutely vicious body kick. Like vicious. The slap and noise it made, and all credit to Cub Swanson, man. He he was trying his he's trying his darndest to fucking recover, but. Man, like, what a, a horrible, horrible shot to the body it was. Giga Chikaze is now on a decent fight, a uh, decent winning streak, sorry. And his last two finishes came from a head kick and a body kick. Nasty, man. Very nasty. Uh, I think he's a serious threat. Massive, massive respect to him as well for calling out uh, Max Holloway. Instantly, like, given... They interviewed him after his fight, and instantly uh, Chikadze was just like, oh, I want to fight Max Holloway. Very respectful call-out. Um, 
very much big balls for doing that as well. Like you're you're calling out the uncrowned featherweight king, in my opinion. Like you don't get any better than Max Holloway at featherweight. He's going for the top dog, like in my opinion. But what I liked was if if Max is holding out for the winner of Ortega and Volkanovski, he'd gladly fight uh, Kelvin Cater, who Max just beat. I thought that was a classy move as well. I thought it was a good good shout, good call out. I think that's a great fight. I mean, realistically, I think he's got more chance of fighting Cater than he has Max. I'll just I'll be honest. Um, but I think Cater against Chikadze, I'm I'm sold on it. I'm not gonna lie, I'm fucking sold on that fight, man. I like that fight. I'm I really enjoy really enjoy Cater as a fighter. Hellish boxing, like his boxing's brilliant. And Chikadze is a world class kickboxer, like world class. Fought in glory, etc. Did really well in glory from what I've read. Uh, so yeah, shame for Cub Swanson. No, Cub Swanson's. Uh, I'm a big fan of Cub Swanson. Really enjoy that guy. Love his fighting style. It's a shame, man. Cub Swanson put a couple of wins together after a losing streak, and then runs into this absolute kickboxing machine. So yeah, man. I think Cub's one of them guys who's still could very well still just plod about and take fights, man. He, he's an absolute warrior. He really is. He's tough as nails and always game. So, yeah, it's all good. Like, big fan of Cub Swanson. Didn't enjoy seeing him lose, but Chikadze is on the rise, man. That guy's got a lot of hype behind him. And, yeah, he's a scary guy, man. Um, Light heavyweight fucking war between um, Ion Kutalaba and Dustin Jacoby. Great fight, man. Like, I enjoyed this fight. Ion Kutalaba put it on him in the first round, man. Like, Heavy takedowns. Uh, Jacoby's another guy who I believe is uh, primarily a uh, kickboxer. Yeah, he fought in glory quite a lot, like a bit like Chikadze. Um, but uh, Ion Kutlaba put great, great first round game plan, man. Take that kickboxer, put him against the cage, take him down and elbow him up, man. It was a good game plan. But in Ion Kutlaba fashion, as per. Gassed after the first round, slowed in the second, not gassed in the first, that was a bit extreme, but slowed dramatically in the second and in the third was pretty much just getting teed off on. But first round, easier 10-8 to Ion Kutalaba. Second and third round, I pretty much had uh, Jacoby taking it, so it ended up being a draw. But I enjoyed the fight, man. It was it was, it was was a decent little scrap, decent war. Um Middleweight Sean Strickland gets a decision win over Christoph Jocko. I've been massively impressed with Sean Strickland in his last couple of fights. I think he's on like a three or four fight win streak now. He's just whole boxing dynamic just looks so drastically improved compared to his um his running welterweight. Um he looks he looks thickened up for middleweight. He's a tall guy anyways. He's just boxing looks so much so good, man. Like he really has looked like he's just rounded this up. Everyone knew that he was quite, always quite a good wrestler, I believe. But his striking's looking good, man. Looking very fucking good. Very impressed. Very impressed by him in his last couple of fights, man. He's looked really sharp, really crisp. Christoph Jocko's a hard one because I've seen Jocko look really fucking good in fights. I've also seen him look very I'm going to put this nicely, like almost amateurish, like he just doesn't belong in the UFC. But like I say, I have seen him look superb in some fights. He's looked fucking good. But even in this, it was just the entire fight. He was on his back foot the entire fight and just walked him down, landing shots on him. Um, there was a couple of times Jocko landed, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say he didn't. In, in this in this sport, those, fight, those strikes that get thrown and at the right time, 
work and knock people out and you know you look a hero if it doesn't work you lose <laughs> quite frankly but yeah Jocko's a mad one man I, I've never really overly rated him but I have seen him look damn good in there but the majority of the time he just always looks like he's not he just I just wouldn't see him as UFC material in that upper echelon of talent I just wouldn't but yeah Sean Strickland's looking damn good and I think it's I think he's at that point where he's going to get thrown in against a, a serious uh, middleweight threat in the top 10 or top 15 It'd be good to see. Uh, we've seen the absolute powerhouse of bantamweight that is Marab Dalavishvili. Dalavishvili. Um, there's Cody Stammen. Again, fucking great fight. Great fight, man. Very evenly matched with a high pedigree of wrestling. Both guys really showing off how much better strikers they became as well. Uh, Marab's a machine, man. Like, his nickname's the machine, but he is a fucking machine. Um... Marab Davalish Vili, he's just looked, he's on like a six fight winning streak and he's just, he's just smashing through people, man. Um, guys from Georgia, um, or was it Georgia or Jordan maybe, sorry if I'm mistake. Either way, the guy's just looked like an absolute destroyer in every one of his fights. Cody Stammen looked good in this fight as well though. Like he, his counter boxing looked really good. At points, and you know what I mean. He, he he a lot of the time he got taken down, got back up, no problem. So Cody Stammen is one of those guys who's very underrated. But Marab is on the rise, and yeah, next fight he's wanting like top ten, top five fight next. Fucking give him him, man. Give him that fight. He's looked damn good in the last couple. Well, not even the last couple. He's looked damn good in his last six. So you can do what you want with him, but throw him in there. Let's get him into those like top fights, man. Fuck, like, if anything, like, Dillashaw's, like, not to go off subject, but Dillashaw's out of his fight next weekend with uh, Sandhagen, Corey Sandhagen. Now, it would have been great to see Marab get in there with one of them two. Bit short notice on a week, don't get me wrong, especially after the war that he's had, but it'd be nice to see him fight someone like that, like a real high-level guy and see how he does. Um, but yeah, prelim card, Ronda Marcos loses by disqualification. Against uh, Luana Pinheiro. Um, just a silly, silly mistake, man. Like, uh, Luana was in a guard. Ronda Marcos throws some up kicks while she's a downed opponent. And I don't know how hard the up kick was. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm sold on it. I don't know if it was worse than she made out. Like, don't get me wrong. It's not. Don't get me wrong. It's not nice to get. You're on your fucking knees and someone's on the back and like horse kicks you in the goddamn face i'm not saying it's that fucking pleasant but the kick didn't look overly hard in that sense i don't know i'm i'm just saying it didn't look that hard but i don't know it wasn't me getting kicked in the face so i can't really say shit but real silly mistake by ronda marcos man real silly mistake real shame um, but I think she knew, she knew she fucked up, she was very upset afterwards, and it wasn't intentional, man, it was just stupid, like, a poor awareness to, like, mostly strikes the down opponents, which we've seen in recent months, like, just know when you're throwing the strike, really, isn't it, like, it's easy for me to say that I'm not in the fucking fight, but I'm just saying, like, silly mistake by a real silly mistake. Featherweight Clash, this was a fucking banner of a fight, man. And I'll say it now, I think it was a bit of a a bit of a shitty decision by the judges as well. 
uh, Kai Kamaka against TJ Brown. Both these guys, featherweights, young up-and-coming guys, both very fucking good, man. Like, I, I was very impressed by both gentlemen in this fight. Both went hell for leather. Both rocked each other. Kai managed to drop TJ, and I think it was the second round, and almost finish him. And TJ Brown came back, and yeah, either way, I had um, I had Kai Kamaka winning, winning two of the three rounds. Judges gave it to TJ Brown. Not mad at it, really. I just, I'm just going off what I seen and what I thought at the time. You know what I mean? It was a good fight, though, man. It was a real, real good fight. Um, I was really impressed with it. It was fucking a hell of a war. Well, one of those fights that would be well worth showing to someone to get him into MMA. Um, but yeah, really, I, I like Kai Kamaka. I like his style. He's a real fast, powerful striker. Built like an Adonis for featherweight as well. And TJ Brown, same again. Very well-rounded guy. Had a couple of good Kimura attempts in this, which showed that he's got some decent grappling as well. Uh, decent jiu-jitsu at least. So yeah, really enjoyed that fight, man. Both guys put on a fucking good show. And then we had uh, Pollyanna Bethello, Botello, uh, lost to Luana Carolina. Another good fight. Both girls went for it. Decent, man. Uh, we had uh, Loma, uh, Luke Bunmi, um, beat Sam Hughes by decision. Another good fight. That was a decent watch. I enjoyed that. I like watching that Loma. Very good uh, tie boxer. Um, the first... Which one was that? Ah, yeah. I missed the Andreas uh, Mikhail Di- Mikhailidis um, versus KB Bula. Um, I pretty much didn't see most of that fight. I missed quite a lot of it. But, uh, yeah, Andreas getting the decision win. From what I've seen of this, it was pretty much just Bula tap-kicking him and hoping that he'd do something. I don't know. It was a hard fight to watch, to be honest. Frustrating. And the opening fight of the night was Luke Sanders against Felipe Colares. Colares has a fucking jaw on him. Luke Sanders hit him with everything in that first round. Also, punched himself out very visibly in the second and third. Um, Colares lost the first round, hands down, but came back in second and third. Um, Very close fight, very fucking good fight to watch. Both guys were absolutely fucking shattered in the third round, yet still were just trying their hardest to try and take each other out man but Luke Sanders is one of those guys who again has looked shit hot in some fights and has just absolutely blew his wad in the first round and then just gassed in the second and third um he's a big guy for featherweight he's built he's built broad he's built big and Felipe Calares has a fucking jaw and absorbs so many heavy shots in that first round man to rally it through the second and third and get the decision wins very impressive you can't be mad at the guy. Like he fucking he earned that fucking win, in my opinion. So, but yeah, great, great little card. Lord, it was just full of load, full of loads of mad little scraps. Um, obviously, big standouts for me personally. Uh, Prohaska, Prohaska getting the absolute beautiful spinning back elbow win against Dominic Reyes. Sad to see Reyes win, but very excited to see uh, what Jiri does in the next couple of months, man. Like. We're going to get to that later on. I'm going to talk about the 205 division in the UFC because I think there's a few little bits that need talked about there. Um, but yeah, the co-main, Giga Chikadze, getting that big name and taking it out in the in Cub Swanson. Very, I was good to see Cub lose, I was. But Giga Chikadze and then calling out Max Holloway and Kelvin Cater, that's 
That's some fucking balls on that guy, man. He's got some goddamn balls. So, very impressed. And just the amount of really, like, back and forth scraps all night was just amazing, man. Like, amazing. I think uh, Kai Kamaka versus TJ Brown blew me away the most. That was fight of the night for me. And then the two finishes at the top of the card. Good card, man. Very good fucking card. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed that fight, man. It was a good card. I really enjoyed it, honestly. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyways, let's move on. Another subject coming up. So, next thing I want to talk about is, it was a strange one this week. So after, obviously last weekend we had our camera husband uh, pretty much murdering Jorge Masvidal, certifying himself as the absolute top dog at welterweight. Arguably the best welterweight in the world. And everyone knew this was set up. Cameron Usman versus Colby Corbett in two. That was a no-brainer, in my opinion. And I think everyone in the MMA community, the fans, and even Dana White knew this was the fight to make, man. This is the one. We want to see the rematch. We want to see, in my opinion, the two best welterweights in the UFC go to fucking war again. We all want to see it, man. So let's see it. Now... This week, Usman said he wants to fight Michael Chiesa in like July, July time or something. And I'm, uh, nah, come on now. Like, there's been a lot of talk about is he trying to dodge Colby Covington? I'll tell you now that without a doubt he's going to, he's, I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's going to, I'm saying he's trying to though. And do not get me wrong, I'm not talking down about Michael Chiesa man I'm I'm a fan of Michael Chiesa that guy is a fucking he, he's like a blanket on top of people when he grapples with them he's a serious threat of welterweight he's a serious he's arguably up there another win and he's in there with contention without even an argument the guy is a beast I've got a lot of time for Michael Chiesa I'm very much a fan of his but I think Usman I think Kies is a far easier fight for Usman than Kobe Covington is. Covington, in my opinion, is maybe... It's a bold one. We don't know at the moment. I mean, I don't know wrong. Covington lost to Usman a few years ago um, in a very, very close contested fight. Very One of the best fights you'll ever watch in your fucking life. But does Covington beat him in the rematch? I think he maybe does. Um... And I don't think many people can argue with that. I think I think I think Covington is the only guy in that division with a chance of beating Usman at the minute. Now the other side to this is that makes me think I'm maybe wrong. Say I'm on the fence about it, but I'm just going off gut feeling. But the only thing that makes maybe counters that is how much better is Covington from the first fight? Did he need to improve much? Probably not. His striking's good. He's got cardio. It's better than anyone in that division, pretty much. His wrestling's good. But how much better has Kamaru Usman's striking got? That's the question. Like in the time that in the time that they've they last fought, Usman's been smashing through people. You look at the destruction he put on Gilbert Burns. Fuck. You look at how he's just stashed Jorge Masvidal like like nothing. That's the that's the worrier is that striking is very much different to the first fight Covid and, and him fought. Now I digress. Either way, I think Usman's trying to dodge Kobe Covid by calling out Michael Chiesa. 
I think Kiesa's ranked at maybe number six or so, maybe number five. Covington's ranked number one. He is the number one contender without doubt. And look, whatever you think of Kobe Covington and his character he plays, his political ties, whatever, take all that out of your head and look at the guy as a fighter. He is a fucking whirlwind. He just doesn't stop. He goes 100 mile an hour. I'm a massive fan of that guy as a fighter. And as a character, let's be real. Like, the shit he plays off and gets everyone's attention with, that's not even him. He just plays it off and everyone bites it, bites into it and eats it up. And it's it's one of the best things in this sport is that guy and the way he plays that heel, man. He's just the heel and he's fucking good at it and he's entertaining and he's funny. And you know what? If you're, if you're offended or upset by that, then, you know, look at the narrative, analyse the narrative and... and you know what, if you are upset by that, you're a mark and he's, he, he's done his fucking job. Mission objective is complete if you're pissed off at him and you hate his character because that's all it is. He's playing a heel. It's old school WWE days. That's all it is. But the difference is the guy can fucking fight and he's fucking good at it as well. Very fucking good. So, yeah, I personally think that Usman, yeah. I'm just saying how I, how I see it, but I think Usman's trying to dodge the Kobe Corbett and fight and trying to get a fight with Kiesa. That's what it looks like to me. Like, I don't think Usman, I think it's a bit of a fucking bitch move, Usman calling out Kiesa, when Covington was good to go for last Saturday. He was on point with his weight, he was in camp, he, was, he weighed in from what I heard. If anything happened to Jorge Masvidal or Usman, Covington was stepping in to fight that night. He didn't give a fuck. He was ready to go. So, yeah, he's ready whenever Usman is, but for Usman to be calling out, like, Kiesa instead of Kobe, like, eh, come on now. It's a bit of a, uh, it's definitely a dodge in my opinion, but, yeah. I'm just really excited to see them two rematch, so I, that's a fight I've been waiting for for a long time, so. And I'm a big fan of both guys, so it's it's good. I, I just love it. I just love everything about the rematch. I really do. Very excited for it, but that's if it goes ahead, so to speak, but we'll see. We will see. But yeah, that's all I wanted to talk about with that, to be honest. Right. What I want to talk about next is quite, it's just a simple little talk, really. And that is about the UFC light heavyweight division. After seeing this weekend's fucking um, Jiri uh, Prohaska dismantling Dominic Reyes. And on top of that, we'll... We've got Jan Blahowitz versus Glove Teixeira later this year, which I think Chael Sonnen described it as the feel-good story of the year, which I'm fucking totally on board with. Um, I just wanted to talk about the 205 division and the picture that that's sort of floating about with at the minute. It's it's looking damn good, man. Like, you know what? The 205 division for a long time was so stale, and it was just due to the fact that, like, every guy in that top 10 was a veteran. Um, we'd pretty much seen most of them fight each other. We pretty much, it was, a, it was a very veteran division. We had John Jones, who ruled that division with an iron fist. And it pretty much beat everyone in there. You know what I mean? It was it was getting to that point where it just wasn't an exciting division for a long time. Despite it being full of legends and veterans and all that good stuff. Like At the same time, there wasn't a lot of fresh talent coming up. But at the minute, looking at the rankings at the moment, they haven't been updated since this weekend. From what I've seen. But. You're looking at this, a lot of the fighters in that top 10. There's a lot of exciting fights in that division man. A lot of exciting fights. Like Chelsea and said. The feel good story this year. 
He's gloved a sharer at 40 plus years old. He's the number one contender at 205 again. And he's fighting for the title. That is just a fucking amazing story. Amazing. He's on like, what, four or five fight win streak? Pretty much all finishes as well for that matter. And he's fighting for the belt at 42, 43 years old. It's, that's fucking incredible. It's fucking amazing. I love it. It's not talk. It's a, I can't wait to watch the build up to that fight. It's a story for the ages. Just imagine that fairy tale, Glover Teixeira going in there and beating Jan Blachowicz for the title and then just going, right, I'm retiring. That certifies that fucker as arguably, like, it definitely certifies him as the second best heavyweight, like, heavyweight of all time, pretty much, in my opinion. Like, fuck. When you talk about the greatest light heavyweights of all time, maybe not second, but the greatest light heavyweights of all time, look, as much as it pains me, you've got to put Jones at the top. The only thing that will always hang over that fucker's head is the steroid accusations. and Not even accusations, like the fucking proven steroid tests that he failed. You know what I mean? Jones, Jones popped roids, and I know the John Jones fanboys like to say, well, it was a tainted supplement, whatever. They don't even know how it got in him. Steroids only get in you through one way, and that's you putting them in you. John Jones is always going to have that tarnished legacy of being a steroid cheap. That that said, though, he's still got a fucking momentous career behind him, and he's taken out an absolute fucking fuck, like a murderer's row of veterans and legends. But when you look at the greatest 205ers of all time in like heavyweight, You've got the likes of Chuck Liddell, Shogun Hua, Leon Machida, Rashad Evans, Rampage Jackson. You've got, fuck, Tito Ortiz even. You've got to throw that fucking dimwit's name out there a little bit as well. Um, apologies if I've forgot any other other big names there. But, yeah, it's a, a, sorry, my apologies, Randy Couture. My apologies, get that name in there. That's not... The UFC can scratch that name out of the records. I, I won't ever fucking not mention Randy Couture, like... But yeah, it's a fucking. But imagine that Glover. Imagine that fairy tale fucking ending to a career where Glover, at forty plus years old, goes on this killing spree of taking out all these young up and comers. Then runs through Anthony Smith, who's just fought, who just not long fought for the title. Thiago Santos, who's just not not long fought for the title. Takes out those two guys, and then next thing you know, he's number one contender against Jan Blachowicz. He then goes beats Blackowitz and then decides, fuck it, I'm retiring. That, I can think of no better way to go out than that. Well, Jan is no easy feat, don't get me wrong, but stylistically, Glover Teixeira is a bad fucking matchup for him. Glover Teixeira's jiu-jitsu is better in my opinion, his wrestling's better in my opinion. He hits as hard as fucking Jan does in my opinion. So, fuck, we don't know. We just don't know. That's a fucking hell of a fight. Oof. I, I'm getting excited just talking about that. Yeah. Um, I am a proper, I'm a massive Glover Teixeira fan. Like he's one of my my favorites. He really is. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. It was an absolute, it was absolutely criminal. He didn't get into the UFC sooner due to visa issues. But you look at the career Glover's had in that division, and fuck, like he's fought everyone and anyone, and knocked them out, submitted them, smashed them. It's unreal. It really is. But yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's a feel-good story of the year, like Chael Sonnen said, and I couldn't agree more with that. But then you look at the other guys in this division, man, like, you've got some absolute weapons. 
Alexander Radic, very good kickboxer, serious threat in that division. Dominic Reyes is on a two-fight losing streak by knockout. That's a bit of a worrying one. But either way, guys are still a fucking serious threat in that division and a handful for anyone. you got Thiago Santos, who's just a fucking destroyer. you got uh, Yiri um, Prohaska, who just looked like an absolute world-beater in his last two fights. And the rankings haven't been updated, so Yiri's ranked five at the minute. Reyes is ranked three. Yiri's getting that third position there. He's going to be number three by probably tomorrow. But yeah, then you got Anthony Smith coming off a great win over uh, Jimmy Shrew. Uh You got uh, Mag- Magomed Ankalaev, who's coming off a great knockout win over uh, Ion Kutalaba, who's just uh, drew this weekend. He's, he's a guy who's not getting enough fucking recognition. Ankalaev is a fucking beast. That guy's a scary, scary threat. You got Volkan Ozdemir. Another fucking serious kickboxing threat in that division. Veteran Nikita Krylov, who's been around for years and fought every fucker under the sun at 205 in in and out the UFC. Johnny Walker, massive underachiever, but still in the game. Still at 10 as well. Still in that top 10. Um, you got young up-and-comers like Ryan Spann. You got veterans like uh, Misha Serkinov. You got Jimmy Crute, who just came off a loss to number six in Anthony Smith. Um, it was Jimmy Crute's a serious threat in that division, man. Like that guy is really unlucky. Just his leg got blown out in his last fight. Basically, he's still a serious fucking threat, man. You got Paul Craig from Scotland, who's a fucking beast in his own right. Like that guy's a hell of a jiu-jitsu practitioner and has serious wins over a handful of decent two or fivers. And then you got another up and comer in Jamal Hill, who's looking fucking better and better. That division's stacked at the minute. Especially the top 10s full of well-renowned names, serious threats to each other. It's exciting. And what you've got to look at is that what the champion and number one contender are both 38 and 42, 43. And you've got all these young 30 to 35-year-olds all coming up behind them. It's exciting as fuck. That division is, I'm, I thoroughly enjoy it. I honestly think it's been revived in the last couple of years. And the best thing that could have happened was Jones fucking off. Now, if all goes to plan in my world, Jones goes up to heavyweight, gets absolutely decapitated by Francis Ngannou, comes back down, gets beasted by the winner of Jan and uh, Glover, and, yeah, fuck John Jones, to be honest. That's a dick. But, yeah, 205. It's a fucking great division at the minute. I honestly do think it is. I don't think it gets enough recognition. I don't think a lot of the fighters get enough love in there as well. And we've got one of the greatest stories in MMA unfolding in front of us this year. We really fucking have. It's great. So anyways, um, I'm going to end today's show on the last subject of the day, which is a real... It's a real tough one this week for me, this, because... Um, we'll cut right to it. Uh, Diego Sanchez, long-time veteran, like 16-year veteran in the UFC, um, ultimate fighter one winner, all-round fucking warrior, has been cut by the UFC. Um, it's a fucking tough one, man. He's out. Obviously, he was meant to fight Donald Cerrone this month. I think it was meant to be even next weekend, weekend after even. Um, it's shit. Um, 
the real um the real crazy one is it's all linked in with this creepy little fucking coach of his um Joshua Joshua Fabia. Now when Sanchez left the likes of um oh was it uh Jocko Wink no get out. Um yeah, Winkle Johns, which was um Greg Jackson. Jackson Wink, that was it. Sorry, my apologies. Talking about Jocko and that. Um when he left uh Jackson Wink, like yeah, it was one of them where you were always like, Why are you leaving such a fucking great camp? Then next thing you know he's got this little creepy like this Joshua Fabio just reminds me of one of those really weird little creepy yoga guys, man. But I've watched videos of Diego training with him and this, that and the other and since he's went there, man, Diego Sanchez has not looked the same fighter. Like, look at his last fight against uh, Jake Matthews. It was embarrassing, man. Like, I don't know what the fuck this guy's trying to fucking train him in, but my lord, what an awful human being to be fucking teaching you martial arts. It's, um, yeah, either way, um, Diego's been cut, which is shit, because I think the guy should have went out on his own... I think he, I think he should have retired pretty soon. Don't get me wrong, he should have had. I think it, his last star, hurrah, would have been amazing against Cerrone. Two veterans, two lads who came up and fought everyone, put it on the line, this, that, and the other. There was a decent grudge there as well. There was a decent bit of um, history between the two. They had back and forth. It was a it was a real good rivalry. And yeah, now what's emerged this week is a couple of videos. Of uh, what they do in the UFC is they have the fighter meetings where they have the fighter come in and talk to the commentary and production team, etc. Um, I've never seen the inside the insides of these meetings before, but I watched the video this week and it was Diego Sanchez talking to the likes of uh, uh, John Anik, um, Megan O'Leary, um, UFC veteran Paul Felder, and then this little creepy fuckwit uh, Joshua Fabia comes in with, I believe, Stefan Bonner, ex-UFC fighter, filming it all, going on at them about how they talked about Diego during his last fight. And it was one of those where I was like, who the fuck are you like to be in the fighter meeting, you creepy little prick? I just hate him, man. Like, I really don't like the guy at all. I think he's ruined, ruined the legacy and career of an absolute legend in the sport. Um... I've watched a few people. I've I've read a few people's takes on it this week, and Dana. I think Dana White referred to him as a uh, batshit nuts, and it's right. Like I've watched videos of this guy in in a cage training with Diego, and I'm watching like, what the fuck are you doing? You have no right to be teaching MMA when you literally have no idea what the fuck you're doing. He's just a weird, creepy little guy, man. Like, and. He just seems like these little leeches hung on to Diego and somehow brainwashed him into believing that he can teach him to be the greatest the greatest of all time at like 38 years old. Um, it's definitely, this isn't the first time though that this has happened and it won't be the last. Um, there's a lot of articles and YouTube videos to do with a well-known phrase called McDojo and these things have been around for a long time and many have been exposed for what they are and it's a it's fake it's just it's people who don't don't know the sport they don't know any of the arts yet they're teaching people it's disgusting it's giving people false fucking confidence 
where if they get an altercation with someone, they think that this fucking dickhead who's watched two YouTube videos of jiu-jitsu is going to, the shit they're teaching is going to save their fucking life. It's not. It's going to get you fucking hurt even worse than you would without training with them, in my opinion. There's a handful of, look, I've watched, I don't, I don't want to say, well, fuck it. I've watched a few people who I know or have met, and I've seen them put up videos of places they train at. And you watch that, and even then you're like, fuck, like, this isn't, this isn't a pro MMA gym, this isn't a pro kickboxing gym, this is just, it looks like some, it looks like a lot of lads doing boxer size, or fucking Tybo, or whatever the fuck they call it, but this is an ongoing thing of, like, fake fucking, fake martial arts clubs, it's been an ongoing thing for a long fucking time, and people saying the black belts and something, and they're not, etc. Like, it's, look, man, like, you want to put a, an MMA camp together, an MMA club together, and you're not, you don't have a clue what you're teaching. Like, fuck, you are putting so many people in fucking danger, man. Because you're going to train some guy up, convince him he's a fucking world beater, and he's going to run into a legit fucking MMA fighter. Like, if you're teaching some guy a load of fake jiu-jitsu, and then he goes in there against a certified fucking blue belt, he will get fucking murdered in a fucking fight. He will get severely fucking destroyed. And this is that guy, this is, the de- the definition is this little fucking Joshua Fabia guy. I mean, what the fuck are his credentials, for Christ's sake? Like, I, honestly, it's fucked me off so much because I, I genuinely feel like he's just absolutely ruined a guy's career in every way. Honestly, I really do. I think it's, yeah, I think it's disgusting. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fucking, it's really fucked me off, man. Like, I've, I've watched, like, every Diego Sanchez fight since the Ultimate Fighter, the first Ultimate Fighter when he won. I, was, I loved watching Diego Sanchez fight, man. Guy was a fucking maniac. He went in there and he fought anyone. Was he the best striker? Fuck no, but he was going to fucking walk you down and take strikes trying to give you one. Was his wrestling good? Fucking yeah. Was his jiu-jitsu good? Yes. He had it. He had a, he's still got a good groundwork. Like He's the guy who beat Mickey Gall, a young prospect not long ago. Um, he's beat, He has got wins in the last couple of years, but also, like against Jake Matthews, he looked like he shouldn't have fucking been in there. Yeah, it's fucking, it's an absolute tragedy, man, in every way. That some guy's legacy has been ruined by this absolute cook. This absolute fucking fraud in every way. Yeah, man. Disgusting. It's, it's just fucking disgusting. I'm, I'm fucking fuming about it, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, someone needs to take Joshua Fabia and show him what actual jiu-jitsu is, wrestling and kickboxing, kick the fuck out of him, to be honest. My humble opinion at the minute. Um, yeah. I've got, um, strange enough, I... I as, as per when I do the show, I tend to keep my phone on the side, and that tends to have a list of subjects, or it's got, like, um, the likes. Like, earlier when we talked about 205 rankings, I have the rankings on my phone and all that. And just while I was talking away there, I was, like, when I mentioned Joshua Fabia's background, I, I literally searched Joshua Fabia, and there's a Reddit link just came up from a day ago about what is Joshua Fabia's background. So I should have maybe found that before I came on and had a quick read of it. But, yeah, fuck that guy, man. Fuck him. Severely fuck him. 
Um, but yeah, it's a shame. I don't know what's next for Diego Sanchez. I really don't. Because he's a big name, whether people like it or not. To the to the hardcore MMA fans, that guy's a fucking hero. He's a legend. And the thought of him going into the likes of one championship, Bellator, Rising. Fuck. I, what, what the fuck are they going to do to him? R- throw him in there against some fucking renowned murderer. Like, absolute fucking killer. He's going to get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, it's it's a fucking shame. Real shame. And it's 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 a hard one. Real hard one to take on board and see a guy go out like that. Especially, um, like I was saying earlier, man, it should be an inverse Cerrone. Two veterans. They've got a bit of beef to settle. It would have been a great build-up. It would have been a pretty good fight as well. Both guys were going to go in there and fucking try and take each other out. Both guys are veterans. They've fought the who's who. They're at a similar point in the career. Not the same. I think Cerrone's got a bit more in him than Diego. But, yeah, it's just a shame. We're not going to get to see that fight. And, yeah, Diego's going to get fed to some fucking wolves out in Bellator or one by the look of it, which is just shit. Yeah. Yeah, anyways, I think I've went on enough about that. Um, Fucking shitty way to end the show, to be honest. There was a lot of good shit to talk about today and we've ended it on a bit of a low, but these things need discussed. They really do. These things need need addressed. And um, it, I'm here to give my opinion on things. I'm here to give my take. I get wound up because I give a shit. That's the thing. Someone was asking me about this the other day. Like, you know, do you say there's a passion there for this sport? And 100%, man. Like, I, I love this sport. I love watching it. I love the ins and outs. I'm, even the, the politics of it suck a lot of the time, but it's still intriguing and you've got to take it in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I only get pissed off because I actually give a shit. That's all the thing, which isn't a bad thing. It's just when some little cockroach like this ruins a guy's career, it's fucking heartbreaking. Like, But, yeah, anyways, um, that's going to be me for today. Hey, guys, look. Thank you very much for tuning in as always. Thank you to everyone who listens each week. I appreciate it, man. Like, look, if I get five listens of this week, I'm happy, man. And we've had shows that have hit way more than that. Way, way more, which I couldn't be happier about. Um, look, guys, if you missed the show on a Monday night on JMA Radio, please go check out on Spotify, uh, iTunes or Pocket Cast. Um, yeah, anything, any topics you want me to fucking cover, man, like, hit me up, like, um yeah send me a send me a message on instagram um i read all the messages and get back to them pretty sharpish so yeah if you've got anything that you want me to cover or want me to talk about please just get in touch with me i think it'd be awesome to hear from some of you guys and yeah let me know let me know about the show let me know what you think we should change let me know what you like what you don't it's for you guys as well as me at the end of the day so but yeah guys honestly thank you all so much for listening as always Thank you to JMA Radio, like every week have given me this platform. Uh, we've got big things coming this year. We've got a lot of good plans around this show and the radio. So the radio station, I should say. So yeah, keep tuned and keep listening because I think I think we've got quite a bit, lot of big plans this year that are going to blow everything up with any luck. So but yeah, guys, look after yourselves, guys. Um, almost there with the lockdown. Please, dear God, just yeah, be safe. Enjoy yourselves. Fuck it, go see your friends, check on them. Yeah. But yeah, guys. Hey, see you later. Take care. We'll see you next week, guys.